the 2017 Asian Winter Games in Sapporo, Japan. Hello everyone, I'm Around the Rings editor Ed Hula. Welcome to the latest edition of Around the Rings Radio, this edition coming from Sapporo, Japan. That's where the 2017 Asian Winter Games are taking place here this week, the eighth edition of this event, and the third time in Sapporo, host, of course, of the 1972 Winter Olympics. It's bigger than those Winter Olympics, with more than 1,200 athletes from 32 countries. They're taking part in skiing, snowboard, cross-country, curling, speed skating, figure skating, and hockey as well. A team from around the rings is in Sapporo this week that includes members of our ATR Japan staff, led by Hironori Hashimoto, and our coverage from Sapporo, led by Brian Pinelli, our winner's sports expert. And we are both here in snowy Sapporo to talk about these games, and it is snowy in Sapporo. Every day we've been here for the past three or four days, there's been snowfall, sometimes heavy, sometimes light, but something every day, and it's pretty cold. What do you think, Brian? Well, it's a, it's a winter sports mecca here on the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido. Maybe many people don't think about, you know, snow and skiing and, and winter sports in Japan, but there's a history, there's a legacy here. Uh, as you mentioned, the snow continues. We are expecting snow Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at times for uh, the remainder of these games. And I'm just excited to get out to Mount 10 Ski Area tomorrow as uh, alpine skiing gets underway with the men's giant slalom. Hockey's been interesting. Short track is in full speed. Uh, long track in Obahiro, about 200 kilometers from here. So uh, it's, a, it's a snowy winter paradise. Uh, and there's been the first weather cancellations, if you will, or postponements, first effective weather on the uh, competition here. Some high winds today. They had to cancel the men's normal hill ski jumping at Miyanomori Ski Jumping Stadium. That was the setting in 1972 when Yukio Kasaya led a Japanese gold, silver, and bronze medal sweep. So quite the history there, but organizers not overly concerned. They have it rescheduled for tomorrow. Uh, they also canceled some alpine skiing training today at Mount 10, but uh, they should be good to go or at least do their best. We'll see over the next four days with, with alpine skiing. So, you know, weather definitely obviously plays into the events here, and uh, we wish the organizers best of luck. Yeah. How important is this as an event for a tune-up for Pyeongchang, the Winter Olympics, coming a year from now? Is the level of competition at these um, uh, Asian Winter Games the, the same level that we're going to see competing at the Winter Games in, in Pyeongchang next, uh, next February? No, absolutely not. I mean, you might look at it to a degree as somewhat of a, a stepping stone, a, a little bit of a minor league, or at least an opportunity for, for young Asian athletes to improve. But, you know, there are some names here. Uh, Korean skier Magnus Kim, 21 years old. He won a couple of gold medals at the Youth Olympic Games. He has a Norwegian father, a Korean mother. He said he will compete for Korea. You know, probably might not have been good enough to make the Norwegian squad, but, uh, you know, he's an outside medal contender in, uh, in Pyeongchang. Short track speed skating. There were a couple of medalists from, you know, from Sochi that were here representing Korea. 
you know, obviously Korea and China and some of the other Asian nations are, are strong in short track and, and long track speed skating. So I think we might see, uh, you know, a, a good amount of these athletes here in uh, here in Japan competing in Korea. As far as medal contenders, you know, probably not that many, but uh, but but you never know. And the Australians and New Zealanders are here competing for the first time, not for medals, but mostly for experience and possibly training for Pyeongchang. Yeah, it's a really good story. Uh, Australian NOC President John Coates went to Sheikh Ahmad, the OCA president, and said, hey, you know, can you let our, our guys and girls compete? And, you know, Australia has a little bit of a tradition in, in mogul skiing and freestyle skiing. I spoke to some of the short track speed skaters, Diana Helen Lockett, 21-year-old Australian short track speed skater. She carried the flag the other night in, in the opening ceremony, and she competed in Sochi and said she's ecstatic to be here competing against the Koreans and the Chinese, and it is a high level, and it will only help the Australians improve, and, and, and New Zealand is here as well. So, uh, so a nice gesture by the OCA and, and definitely beneficial to Australia and uh, New Zealand moving forward. Uh, two international f federation presidents are here in Sapporo watching the action. Uh, two sports that are counting on, well, the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang and the Winter Olympics in Beijing in 2022 to help fuel growth of their sports. Kate Kethness, who is the president of the Curling Federation and Renee Fassell of the International Ice Hockey Federation, both federation presidents expecting Asian Winter Olympics to mean new growth for their sports. Fassell was particularly happy with what's happening with hockey in Asia. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Renee has some work ahead of him, and, uh, you know, he needs to spread the word that Asia is passionate about hockey. I mean, obviously, everybody waiting right now to find out, will NHL players participate in, in Pyeongchang? And Ray, Renee says, you know, the Koreans are very supportive. I mean, maybe they don't have entire say in this uh, in this difficult situation, but he said they're open and welcoming. And uh, Renee is all about hockey growing here in Asia. Tonight, we have uh, the Desert Classic, Ed, with the hockey powerhouses Qatar and Kuwait facing off and uh you know renee is just very passionate and and very um you know feels very strongly that the sport is going to grow both but, here in japan and korea and china but he's still a little bit cagey about what's going to happen in pyeongchang next february whether the nhl is going to participate despite being up to his neck in this decision and the, <laughs> the negotiations and talks and all of that he's uh revealing very little to us yeah, it's, it, it is a difficult situation. And I think for hockey fans worldwide, you know, we, we want to see Ovechkin. We want to see Henrik Lundqvist. We want to see these guys playing in Korea. But but it is a dicey situation. But uh, it does seem that, you know, Rene is doing all he can at this moment. And uh, it was great to meet the, the Japanese goalie from the 1960 Winter Olympics the other night at, at one of the festivities. And uh uh, you know, th this guy played against Sweden back in, a, you know, a time where Japan obviously wasn't a powerhouse. And apparently he faced about 150 shots in a game, lost uh, 20 to zero, but played his heart out and has a couple of scars to, uh, to prove it. Obviously not playing with a mask back in those days. Now, away from this particular event, there were some folks here for the past few days from the 2024 Olympic bid cities. 
Uh, someone was here from, from Budapest, a representative from Paris, and then the Los Angeles team had, 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 had four folks, Casey Wasterman, the vice, or rather chairman, Casey Wasterman, and Larry Probst, the U.S. Olympic Committee president and IOC member from the United States. Uh, they say they met with all nine voting IOC members who were here in Sapporo for the Asian Games, talking with them about the Los Angeles bid. Um, here from Paris was Tony Estengay, who is the uh, co-chair of the Paris bid, and then Laszlo Vada, the CEO of Budapest 2024, which I think, uh, sad to say, is not going to be with us for too much longer. Well, perhaps it's a, a little ironic, Ed, that it's uh, minus seven degrees out and uh, the snow is falling. Yet, uh, you know, this this bid race, I, I guess you could say, is, is heating up with the with with the two summer cities. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Budapest not looking very promising right now. But uh, you know, good to see uh, the so-called summer sports folks here in cold and snowy uh, Sapporo. Yeah, and. Uh... They had a difficult time getting out. The uh, Americans did. Casey Wasserman and uh, Larry Probst, as we understand it, were supposed to fly out on a private plane the night before, last night, which couldn't make it in because of the weather. And they had to spend an extra night. They were out flying home earlier today. A bit of a delay for them, weather-related. Uh, back to the Budapest situation, it's a little sad to lose Budapest. They have a very strong bid, a, a good compact proposal that takes advantage of its really unique location on the Danube River, the beautiful surroundings of the city. Uh, it's not the scale of a Paris bid or of a Los Angeles bid, that's for sure. But uh, the organizers have tried to make the most of the situation. I think we're going to get some sort of official word from Budapest later today. And uh, as we say, it's uh, sad that uh, they'll be leaving the contest. Paris and Los Angeles will certainly get to slug it out over the next several months here. With all kinds of intrigue going on about whether the IOC will take the step of selecting two cities at the same time. Uh, Sheikh Ahmad, the uh, president of the Olympic Council of Asia, also president of the Association of National Olympic Committees, and, of course, IOC member from Kuwait, one of the more powerful and influential members of the IOC, is uh, sort of ducking the issue on what he thinks will happen with the 2024 bids. Yeah, although he was he was quick to mention that you know, come 2026, depending on, you know, whether it's uh, Switzerland, Austria, Canada, Sweden, he, he's uh, adamant that Sapporo, with the winter sports legacy, experience, know-how, could uh, potentially step in. So he was, you know, quick quick to point that out. I think what's a little bit disappointing about Budapest, Ed, you know, we talk about being a, a bid for Hungary, and it certainly is. But talking to Paul Schmidt in Prague uh, a few months ago, he said, well, you know, Central Europe has never hosted the Winter Games. And, and, and while the bid is obviously in Budapest, you know, Prague and Vienna and Krakow and Bratislava are all, you know, 300 to 500 kilometers away. So, uh, you know, to me, that's what was also interesting and exciting about that bid. But uh, as you mentioned, it doesn't look too good right now. It's uh, 
it's a, been a, been a struggle for them to keep it keep it alive here, and uh, wish them best of luck. Well, finally, here just to mention the coverage still to come in the uh, next few days of our coverage from Sapporo, we hope to delve into the history of Sapporo, the 1972 Olympics being held here, the first ever outside of North America or Europe, um, and a lot of photography from our ATR team here in, in Sapporo. What are you looking forward to, Brian? Oh, it's getting more and more <laughs> exciting, Ed. You know, things are heating up, so to speak, in alpine skiing, as you mentioned, the hockey tournament, uh, biathlon, and, and, of course, figure skating still to get underway. And, uh, you know, you, you just see the passion here in Japan for, for figure skating and speed skating. And, you know, even the Japanese ladies hockey team, you know, Renee points out that they're improving. You know, they'll, they'll be competing in Pyeongchang. So uh, I think just a, a plethora of uh, winter sports. Uh, hopefully we don't have too many delays, but uh, that's all uh, part of the ball game when we're talking about skiing, snowboarding, skating and, and sledding. And the games will be ending on Sunday, the 26th of February. Yeah, we should just, just mention it, you know, maybe not the most important issue, but the medal tally right now after two full days of competition. Uh, South Korea prepping for Pyeongchang. They're leading the way with 15 medals and six gold. Host Japan, 13 medals, four gold. And China currently in third. They have nine medals and three gold. So, uh should be interesting to see how it plays out and hopefully some uh, very good winter sports action over the days ahead. All of that coming up through the week from Sapporo, Japan and the 8th Asian Winter Games. I'm Around the Rings editor Ed Hula along with Brian Pinelli in the cold northern reaches of Japan on Hokkaido Island. Thanks for joining us today for this edition of ATR Radio. And there's always more for you at www.aroundtherings.com. For 25 years now, the gold standard of Olympic news coverage. <laughs>